Amen. Children, we're combining the children's sermon with the adult sermon today into one short homily. So I want to start by asking you children a question this morning. Uh, I wonder if anyone has ever come over to your house for dinner and brought with them a gift. I wonder if they brought a gift with them, maybe like a plate of cookies or some sort of dessert or a special drink for you to share, or maybe some flowers. Or maybe they came with a gift that was just specially for you children when they came to dinner. Can anyone think of a time when someone did that? Put your hands up if you can think of a time when someone came over to your house. Grown-ups too, yeah. Uh, came over and bought a gift. Okay, most people. Most people have had that happen. Um, I see my own children's hands. And I know what they were thinking about. Because uh, we had a friend who came for dinner uh, last week. He was an old college friend of Sarah's, and we haven't seen him for several years. And he came up to Tallahassee just to have dinner with us. And he brought with him a special gift for each one of us, each member of the family. Um, and it was so generous, uh, so much more than people usually do, that it made us feel loved and honored when he came for dinner. And that's why we bring each other gifts, isn't it? Uh, we bring each other gifts, not necessarily because they need them, but we bring them into each other's homes as a mark of our friendship to tell them that we love them, that they matter to us, and to honor them. It's part of the rules of good manners. We don't show up at our friends' homes empty-handed, nor if we go to a wedding do we go empty-handed. And today I want to briefly think about this idea in the Bible that when we come into God's house, when we come to God to worship him, we do not come empty handed. Instead, we bring gifts and actually we bring to God our very best gifts because we're not just coming over for dinner. We're coming to worship. So I want to read you three parts of the, of the Old Testament. First of all, in the law of Moses in Deuteronomy 16, God commanded Israel Three times a year, all your males shall appear before the Lord your God at the place that he will choose, at the Feast of Unleavened Bread, at the Feast of Weeks, and at the Feast of Booths. And then God said this, they shall not appear before the Lord empty-handed. Then a few hundred years later, King David wanted to build God a temple. So he needed some land where he could build it. And David was offered the piece of land for the temple for free. But David said this in 1 Chronicles 21. He said, no, I will buy it for full price. I will not take for the Lord what is yours, nor offer burnt offerings that cost me nothing. And again, King Asaph commanded in Psalm 76, he said, make your vows to the Lord your God and perform them. Let all around him bring gifts to him who is to be feared. So this idea of bringing gifts to God was a normal part of ancient worship, even in the pagan religions. God was there for me to serve him. It was not for him to serve me. But I wonder if we don't tend to get that backwards today. I wonder if it isn't more normal today for people to come to worship empty-handed. So what gifts are we talking about? What are we supposed to bring? What do we have that God could ever want? It might seem like the answer to that question is nothing <laughs> because we need God to be the giver, don't we? To give good things to us like life and food and mercy and identity. And there's nothing that we have that we could give to him, is there? 
But in Romans 12, Paul gives a very different answer. He says, yes, God is the giver. But because of that, in view of God's mercy, now we present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is our spiritual worship. So Paul says, because God has given, we give back. Not as much, obviously, but as much as we can. Paul says we are to give God our whole selves, our bodies, our souls, our hearts and our minds open before him in worship. And this is the first and greatest gift, the one that God wants the most of all. Because Jesus said to the Samaritan woman at the well, the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. But as part of that worship, as part of that giving of our whole selves, we also bring to God practical gifts too. We bring him our money and our possessions. We bring him our time, time that we might have spent enjoying ourselves or building our own fortunes. We give that time to the work of prayer and service and we bring God our talents our skills and our abilities for the service of his kingdom. And we bring these things to God, not because he needs them from us, but out of the overflow of our hearts in worship for who he is and what he has done for us. These practical gifts are a bit like the plate of cookies that we bring with us when God invites us to dinner. Perhaps they're not needed in one sense, but in another sense, they're vital to the relationship. And what we see in the New Testament stories of Jesus is that the person who's forgiven much loves much. And the person who loves much gives much. So you see the widow who brought to the temple her last two copper coins. And Jesus said, truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all of them. For they all contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had to live on. Or like Mary of Bethany, who broke open her jar of perfume, which was worth about a whole year's wages, so that she could anoint Jesus' feet in the last week of his life. Did Jesus need perfume? No. But it came out of the overflow of Mary's heart. And Jesus told his disciples, she has done a beautiful thing for me. And can we imagine that we'd ever find true worship or true love for God without seeing gifts like these? The gifts show what's really in the heart. So in Romans 12, verses 3 through 8, Paul talks about spiritual gifts, the gifts of the Spirit, the gifts of grace. And here Paul mentions gifts of prophecy, service, teaching, exhortation, generosity, leadership, and mercy. But there are many other gifts too. And I think we often think about spiritual gifts as things that God gives to us, like badges of honor. And it is true that they are given to us freely by the Holy Spirit. But Paul is eager in Romans 12 that no one should boast about these gifts. Instead, they're opportunities for us to give back to God as an overflow of our worship. And we give them, Paul says, by using them. So Romans 12, starting in verse 6 Paul says, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy 
with cheerfulness. Paul tells us to use our gifts in proportion to our faith, not less than the faith we have out of shyness or laziness, and not more than the faith we have out of pride or anxiety, but to use our gifts in proportion to our faith. So then we're about to open up an extended time of prayer and worship now. We're going to give ourselves about 25 minutes of free space to open our hearts to God, and our prayer team's going to come and help us to guide that time. I want to remind you, if you're a child, this is a good time uh, to head out to the playground if you want to, or you can pick up one of these praying in colour books um, to keep going with us here and pray with us. Um, so it's a good time also if you're staying to open up Romans chapter 12, which we've been looking at today. Have it open in front of you. Um, and we're going to think about our response to God in spiritual worship. Our response to his glorious gospel, which we respond to in view of his mercy. We present ourselves, our bodies, our minds, our hearts, our souls, as a living sacrifice, and we present our gifts to God and to one another. So let's use this open space of this prayer time to evaluate our own hearts before the Lord. Think about questions like this. Am I behaving like someone who has been forgiven much and therefore loves much? Do the gifts that I bring honor God and the sacrifice that he has made on my behalf? If not, then what part of the gospel have I not fully understood? Or what gift of faith do I still need from the Lord's hand? Or in what ways do I remain unhealed when the Lord wants me healed? Am I moved to do more for him? And how can I use the gifts he has given me in proportion to my faith?